Welcome to the very first episode of the Chronically Ill Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Janie Gami, and I am so, so excited to finally be here. Um, this podcast has been in my thoughts for about four years now, and it just never was the right time. Um, I really had the ideas and the want to do it, but the will just wasn't there. The ambition and desire to actually put this podcast and bring it to life for you guys just wasn't there yet. In fact, I have been in a very dark place um, for the past four years, ever since I have been on dialysis. I go through a lot of waves. Um, if anyone is on dialysis or something similar, um, it's been a very rough, bumpy, destructive four years of my life. So um, I have put this podcast on the back burner um, until last week when I was given the amazing news that I am finally, after four years, getting a kidney transplant. And something within that day, that week, lit something inside of me that told me, get your shit together, Jane. You have been wanting to do this. This is your time. It's your time. You're going to have two months off from work. You're going to have all the time in the world to talk all things lupus, dialysis, kidney disease, chronically illness, all of it. And here is where I would like to begin. So, Without further ado, I would love to get into the first episode and just kind of give you a little breakdown on my story, my life, why I'm here today sharing anything on this podcast at all with you guys, and I hope you guys really enjoy it, and let's get started. All right, so... My story started back in 2010. Unfortunately, it was like the day of my sister's 10th birthday, September 29th, 2010. Um, And I say that because she has never let me live that down. And it's been, what, 13 years now. So she's definitely still mad about that. But 2010, um, I started to experience... A lot of strange things happening to me. And before that, I had no medical issues whatsoever. I was terrified of doctors. I was terrified of needles. I was terrified to even get a cold because that meant I was sick. And I was honestly a true germaphobe as a child. I was scared to death of germs. So knowing that some strange things were happening with my body, that was like the worst time of my life. And I was so terrified to tell my mom, my dad, anybody about what was going on with me. So it started off with getting swollen joints. That was the very first symptom. In sixth grade, so two years before 2010, um, my fingers, if you look at them, they looked just like this, but smaller. Um, And they started growing in the middle knuckles here. So my middle knuckles started being extremely large, no pain, but extremely large. And I didn't know why. My mom told me that, oh, maybe because you started popping your knuckles, so your joints swelled up. So uh, that was my diagnosis. 
at the time, um, by the end of seventh grade. So a whole year later, I still had the swollen fingers and I randomly started getting swollen um, knees to the point where I couldn't even bend them. I couldn't get out of the shower easily. It took me a very long time to get in and out of the shower, in and out of bed, put clothes on because it was just so painful to bend either of my knees. Um, again, didn't tell my mom. I just was waddling around. And then when she would look at me, I would just like sit down and pretend that I'm fine because I was super scared that something was wrong with me. Um, as that summer went on and I was going into my eighth grade year, I just turned 13. And in fact, I just started my period a month before the major symptoms set in. So my birthday is in August and in July, I got my first period. And after that, my body went a little crazy. My body was like, what the fuck? So basically the joints were happening. My fingers were huge. My knees were huge. Then my feet decided that they were going to swell enormously to the point where I was about to go to school and I could not put shoes on. It was atrocious and painful. So we went to the pediatrician at the time and he told me that he didn't know what was wrong. He didn't want to do any tests, but he thinks that I'm allergic to apples because I eat a lot of apples and there's pesticides on apples. So that could have caused my feet swelling. So the dude took me off of apples and put me on prednisone, which my fellow Spoonies out there, I'm sure you know prednisone. You have a love-hate relationship with her. But yes, we got on a low dose of prednisone and what do you know, the swelling went away. Um, so I was on that for a couple weeks and I was like, oh cool, I'm fine. Go back to school, start of eighth grade year, and I immediately start to see more and more things happening to me. Alongside that, I also got the flu shot, um, which really triggered a lot of these things as well. So what started happening next was I started losing a lot of hair. My hair would fall out in clumps in the shower. Um, at school, I would look down and my lap would be filled with hair. My desk would be filled with hair. There'd be hair all over the floor. It was disgusting, but also very embarrassing because I did not know why I was losing so much hair. Um, so after that, um, I was losing hair, the joints. I started having this weird thing where I couldn't walk without getting out of breath. And at first it started very mild. I had to run or exert energy to feel this gasp for air but over time it got to the point where I walked to school during this time and it was literally one street away and that walk I would have to rest before I got home because I seriously could not breathe getting home it was so scary and I would lay on the floor or I would make it inside fall on the couch and like literally gasp for air not getting enough oxygen in my lungs. It was very painful. Um, 
And that progressively got worse and worse and worse where I would just stand up and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stay in the shower without gasping for air from just standing. And again, did not tell my mom. Um, The next symptom was my elbows. So when your elbow's straight, it's just like a flat elbow. My elbow went out and it poked out and it was like a hook, like a, a hook elbow. And I also started to notice pockets of fluid. At the time, I didn't know it was fluid, but pockets all over. I had some on my the top of my hands. I had some like in other spots, like little pockets like this of fluid. They were squishy and they just wouldn't go away. Um, and then I got a rash. And this rash was very strange. It it would go all over my body and move spots randomly. And it would like burn a little bit and itch. And it looks like ringworm. But no creams made it go away. Nothing like calmed the pain of it. And I'd wake up one morning and it'd be on my arm on this side. I'd wake up the next morning and this one was gone, but now it's on this arm. And it would go everywhere on my arms and my legs, but never my face or like the other parts of my body, like my stomach or my back. And the very last thing was a butterfly rash, which that is the most common sign indicator of lupus is a little pink rash. Sometimes it's very dark red, purplish, and sometimes it's just a faint pink rosy cheek looking rash and it goes across here and they call that the butterfly rash and I had that as well yet my pediatrician oh sorry my dog is in here my pediatrician um did not recognize that whatsoever so while all these symptoms were going on with me very crazy things happening I finally had to tell my mom because she just started noticing I was just off I was acting freaking strange she's just like what is wrong with you go play you're a kid like stop moping around but I couldn't so um I ended up going to get the flu shot around in September of that year so it was like a whole almost two months of these crazy symptoms happening like all of those things happening at once and I got the flu shot and something with that just triggered it 10 times more and after that I couldn't breathe at all even just sitting there um I got a crazy fever I was coughing so much I was in so much pain I felt like shit and my mom waited like two days and she's like fuck this we're going to the emergency room and I remember eating a banana at like eight o'clock at night and telling my dog crying I will see you tomorrow. I don't want to go to the emergency room. And saying goodbye with my banana. And we go to the emergency room. And it's just one close to my parents' house. And they tell me that they can't treat me there. And I need to go to Children's Hospital. So I remember they get me in the ambulance. And we go on this long car ride to Children's Hospital in Madeira. And 
we get there and like 10 nurses are swarming me as I come in on this bed and I'm freaking out because like I said I've never dealt with any medical things before I'm like oh my god why are these people surrounding me it was so scary um and that experience was crazy and they did a million tests it was at that point the middle of the night and they were doing a million tests on me and told me my lungs were completely filled with fluid where I'm going into surgery in a couple of hours this is what they're gonna do and they told me that they were going to put guys and they told me that they were gonna put chest tubes into my sides so I was ready to go for my first surgery operation whatever they told me that they were just gonna poke some little holes on my sides right here that would put tubes in and let the fluid escape from my lungs into these jugs so I basically couldn't leave the bed unless someone held my jugs up <laughs> because it was attached to my side so obviously I it was very hard to move for a while I had both of them in for about two weeks one of them in for like a month and it was very annoying I remember it very clearly I still have a baby okay. scars of them but yeah um pause side note if you hear random moaning in the background those are my dogs um I just got off work and they're just amped up right now and I keep trying to get them out of here and they keep opening the door so that's just them it's okay anyway back to the story so <laughs> I was in the hospital for about a month and I had to start doing school in the hospital um after my tube surgery I woke up from that surgery and I was about 40 pounds heavier and I was scared what I looked like when I woke up because I am a very small person and when I was in eighth grade I was super tiny I was like 110 pounds and I woke up 40 pounds heavier my stomach was sticking out to here my legs were huge my arms were huge I I just didn't know what was going on and that yes was prednisone super scary um and that moment that incident is what started my body insecurities because the stretch marks I gained from that experience was just something I never thought I was going to go through being such a small person that I was um dark 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 deep purple stretch marks over my arms my legs my stomach everywhere at my back so that really started my body shaming days but we'll get to that at another point um so after that like I said I was in the hospital for about a month and I found out that I had lupus lupus nephritis which is also known as kidney disease um they did a kidney biopsy I had stage three and five kidney disease um and <laughs> I finally got out. I was so anxious and ambitious and wanting to just go back to school, finish my eighth grade year of 
I wanted to be in eighth grade. Like I was graduating middle school, about to be in high school. I was so excited. I didn't want to miss that. Um, so I did go back to school and surprisingly, not a lot of people were rude and made fun of me because I did go back before my body went back to fully normal. Like my body for the most part, like shrunk, but my face was still like, so I was, I wasn't even self-conscious honestly, because I just wanted to be in school, which (laughs) thinking back, I'm like, girl, take the time off. But I really wanted to go back, and no one was really mean. There was one guy who made a comment about my face, and I still remember his name. I'm not going to call him out, but that, like, still hurts, dude. Like, what? Why would you make fun of my face? But he did, and that was, like, the only person who made fun of me to my face. People probably did behind my back, but it didn't hurt my feelings if it's behind my back. So... (laughs) So the whole recovery process from this one incident was a very long time, about a year. Um, It wasn't until, honestly, the summer going into my sophomore year that I stopped experiencing, like, side effects of the medications, side effects of just my body not being under control yet. Um, I was still having extreme joint pain, although they weren't swollen really bad. I felt extreme pain in changes in climate, um, when it was wintertime, I would not be able to walk down the stairs at school because it just hurt so bad to bend and put pressure on my hips and my knees. Um, but it wasn't anything that kept me out of school or kept me from doing normal things. Um, I did go through a time in freshman year PE where my PE teacher at the time didn't believe that I really had arthritis because I looked fine and he thought I was just a girl that didn't want to run in gym class. So um, that was a whole thing in itself. That was a very difficult time for me. But we persevered and we made it out of that. And yeah, by summer of sophomore year, I was feeling so much better And, in fact, I went into full, like, 100% remission sophomore year of high school. Um, Like, when I would get my blood draws, they would tell me, like, there is no sign of lupus or lupus nephritis in these labs. You are cured. No, but, really, I, I was fine. And I continuously kept feeling better and better and better as the years went on. And it wasn't until 20... 16, I had my first flare, um, which is basically when all of the symptoms just pop up again and your body is back into the attacking mode that it once was in. And I went through a bad breakup. Um, it was the first time I actually had to work a real job. I was working as a personal trainer. I was working long days and going to school full-time and also trying to have a life and it was just the most pressure I've put on myself honestly in my whole life and it really got to me and that is what caused my first flare luckily I got over it very very quickly and I I recovered within two weeks I was back to normal kidneys fine body fine lupus under control moving on um to 2018 it was February of 2018 
I completely went into the biggest flare I've ever gone through. Still haven't recovered, and it is now 2023, so that just says a little bit about how bad it was. Um, I was stupid. I stopped taking one of my medications. That was the only one managing my lupus. I'm like, I'm fine. I don't need this. And yeah, I did need it. Um, I started experiencing feet swelling, um, complete, complete fatigue. I just did not feel like myself. Um, the worst brain fog where I just couldn't remember anything I'm doing. Um, also at the time I was under so much stress, the most stress I honestly think I've ever been in in my life. I was working two jobs. I just moved out of my parents' house. I was in a relationship I didn't really like anymore because the dude was fucking a loser and he wanted me to work two jobs. So I did. And I was getting off work at 11 PM, um, going home, <laughs> going to sleep, waking up at three to get to work at three thirty, working until the afternoon, going to school, then going to my other job. Like it was crazy. Okay. Never got a break. And that really threw me over the edge um, into this flare, and I ended up checking myself into Stanford, and I was there for about two or three weeks, and my my uh, kidneys were gone. There was not much left of them, and during that visit, I started on chemotherapy um, called Cytoxin, which is a form of chemo, but it's not as harsh as what cancer patients would receive. I didn't lose like all my hair, but I did lose a little bit and it just made it like more brittle and also changed the color. My hairs became orange, like the roots started growing orange. It was really weird. Um, so I had one round in the hospital and then every two weeks for six months, I was getting cytoxin. By the end of the six months, they concluded that it did not do what it was supposed to do. It did not stop the attacking of my kidneys. It didn't reverse anything, heal anything. I was basically a sitting duck. So they decided to cut all kidney things that they were doing for me and basically said, we're just going to wait for those kidneys to fail, which honestly I feel like was the worst possible thing they could have told me because I was not educated at the time. I didn't know what that meant. I thought it meant my kidneys fail, I get a new kidney. No, my kidneys fail, I get on dialysis, I wait a million years for a new kidney. And I didn't know it worked like that. <laughs> so my kidneys failed completely. And I got the call May or the end of April 20. Uh, 19 that I needed to start dialysis and May 3rd 2019 I got in my dialysis tube for peritoneal dialysis and I've been on it ever since and that is where this journey has brought us to right now I am four years on dialysis and Exactly four years, one day before the day I got my dialysis tube put in, I am having my kidney transplant. 
I'm so excited and I truly can't believe it's here and I really honestly believe that that phone call when I got that phone call from Stanford is what literally like I said lighted this fire inside of me that was like all these things that you wanted to do all these things you wanted to say they do mean something because this whole time for whatever reason, I've just had so much self-doubt, so much loss of hope. I just felt like my words don't mean anything. People don't care that I'm on dialysis. Like, it is not a happy story. It is not inspiring. I am a sad person living this sad life with no hope of it ever ending. There's no hope of it ending. And the fact that it's ending... And I have a date. Thanks to my dad, by the way. He donated a kidney to someone because he wasn't my match. And someone is donating to me because of my dad. Um, Which I want to make a whole video on that later on about what that is, the process and all that. But like I said, because of my dad, I'm able to get a kidney on May 2nd and literally have a new life. And... I'm really excited to be on this new journey, share this journey with you guys, the past, the present, and the future, and I really hope that you guys are enjoying the ride with me and are able to relate, and if you feel like how I felt and felt down and lost and just self-pity without even really knowing that it was self-pity at the time, but able to reflect and see it or hear it through what I'm saying and kind of relate to it. Um, I hope that I can be an outlet for some of you guys and someone that you can relate to through this hard time of your life, whether it is dialysis, kidney failure, lupus, or some other chronic disease. Um, I just, I hope that I could be that person that you can kind of lean on for help or advice or just comfort, honestly, and knowing that you're not alone. Um, Because I definitely feel like I need that sometimes, if not all the time, when I am feeling low about the situation that I'm in. But um, I think we're going to end this first intro podcast here. I'm so excited and Thank you if you made it to the very end of this video and this podcast. Um, you could check out the video on YouTube if you're wa- just listening. Um, my Instagram is at the Chronically Ill Diaries, and my personal is at Jane Elizabeth Igami. Um, I look forward to hearing any feedback that you guys do have, and I am so excited to see you guys in my next episode. Bye. Thank you so, so, so much for watching.